Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Wicked Good Show. I'm your host, Dylan. I'm here with my co-host, my bro, my, my amigo, Brian. Brian, say hello to the people. Hey everybody, how is it going? Sorry, that was a very that was a very uh, solemn opening. Uh, I'm I think, good. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting the tempo up. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah, I think after watching Ad Astra, at least I was just like, so I I don't want to spoil anything, but I was pretty enamored with it and blown away that I was just kind of like in stunned silence afterwards. Yeah. So today we're reviewing Ad Astra. We've mm. been talking about it. It's a movie we've both been looking forward to. I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. Oh yeah. It's, it's gonna be good. We'll do a we'll do a quick non-spoiler review, mm-hmm. and then obviously get into the spoilers because there was a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, or stuff. It's a long movie, huh. so there's a lot. Correct, but first off, we have a very DC MCU heavy news reel to get to. Uh, starting out with where apparently Robert Downey Jr. is going to be back as Iron Man, whether it's in it's obviously has to be a flashback. Right, it's going to be a flashback for the Black Widow movie. It's a rumor. It's obviously not confirmed because we haven't seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, a scene, a scene or two was shown at some. I don't know if it was at TIFF. I don't know where it was shown at. Okay. But uh, somebody reported that they had, they had seen a scene that was not seen in previous movies of mm-hmm. Black Widow and Tony Stark talking, and it was after the events of Civil War. Mm-hmm. So uh, we both talked about this earlier in the week. But yeah, Iron Man back already. I don't like this uh, very much at all, personally. I guess he was technically in a flashback for Far From Home, so if they do something similar, I guess that's okay, but let it, let it, let him go. Let him let us feel the loss of Iron Man. You know what Yeah, I mean? but that that wasn't a new scene. No, like that wasn't no, like an unseen scene. That was that was from actually from Civil War. Right. That's... It was just like uh the scene and then like a quick pan to be like, oh, he was here the whole time in the background, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'm we're we're both on the same boat. I I I think this is way too soon. It's it's obviously it's not something I'm like upset about, but I just think, and for all we know, it's not true. And for all we know, it could be something that was cut from the movie. Mm. He could literally be in it for all twenty seconds. Who knows? But I it's it it's he was killed off. It was arguably the biggest part about. Endgame. Mm-hmm. It, it was emotional. It, w- it was perfect. His his send off was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the the uh, I am Iron Man send off was just a, you couldn't write it any better. No, it was it was perfect, and uh, this will undermine it if he's in like new scenes, just being, you know, his chipper normal self. You know what I mean? Agreed. I also I I was buying into the hype that he was actually going to be the voice, like the AI voice in in the glasses. Uh-huh that he gave Peter in far from home. When I, when he first got the glasses, I thought for sure, I was like, the voice that's going to be in this, is going to be Tony Stark. Right. And I think that works. I think he it's like his conscience of sorts works. Cause Robert Downey Jr. Obviously has a very recognizable voice, but I think not having his presence physically, but having his voice there mm. uh, would have worked. But this at a flashback scene, I agree. Cause black widow given she was, she was basically the second Avenger mm. introduced into the MCU after the incredible Hulk. Right. So I, I guess he'd become Nick Fury as an Avenger, but she was she was she was in Iron Man too. She was one of the first ones that was introduced. She was obviously mm-hmm. with Iron Man. Her and Iron Man have a special relationship, but I don't I don't know. I'll, it will be cool to see, I'm sure, but it's not something I really wanted. I don't think it's really something anybody wanted. This this immediately, uh, not even a year after 
after Endgame. So I, I will see. I mean, it, it was it was something I wanted to bring up because obviously it's unconfirmed, but it's it's a talking point. I. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, you know I, mean? I guess I'll have to hold judgment entirely until we see it, if it's even in there. But uh, right now, I'm I'm out on this idea, you know. I, I am intrigued by the Black Widow movie, though. I think. It's oh, yeah, that would be fun. Florence Pugh from Midsommar, uh, David, David Harbour, obviously, from mm. Stranger Things, obviously Scarlett Johansson. I think uh, Taskmaster's the bad guy in it, which is interesting because mm. if you play the Spider-Man video game on ps4 taskmaster has a whole bunch of side missions that mm. were incredibly frustrating <laughs> so, it's a movie it's a movie i'm i'll see it on a thursday night it's but yeah the iron man thing if it's a new scene it is what it is i i, I hope it's not i hope it's i hope it's like a reused scene like they did in in, in far from home but I, I guess i guess we'll see and for all we know the person reporting could be completely full of shit right but he has all the major news outlets talking about it right so that is what it is to jump into some other news, we'll get out of the MCU now that we got that out of the way. Rob Patson. Mm. This is something that I actually did not know until I, until we came on the show. Mm. And it's a new site called We Got This Covered. But they've actually, they've actually reported a lot of other things that have been true, including uh, something that we'll be talking about right after this. But yeah, apparently Rob Patson, he is going to be featured in the reboot of Justice League. So apparently, mm-hmm. apparently WB is rebooting the Justice League again. I'm assuming with, I'm assuming with Jason Momoa as as Aquaman, with Gail Gadot as as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming those are the two that will definitely be in it. I don't know about, I forget, I forget the kid that played uh, the Flash. I don't know what's going on with him because he hasn't had a movie yet. I think at one point he had a movie and it's been through like three different directors. So I don't know. Israel Miller. Israel Miller. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's been really screwed, honestly. Uh, through this whole thing, having his movie be canceled a lot because he seems like a fun flash. I actually thought he was probably maybe the best part about Justice League. Mm. I thought he was was a great flash, but like we just haven't seen him anything other than that. So it's really tough to to compare. So that's, that's something that's interesting. They're just completely rebooting the Justice League movies, which, okay. Uh, DC, I I just, I don't know what DC's doing. I'm obviously very excited for this Batman show. Batman movie, we've talked about it several times. I think Rob Pattinson's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Reeves is a great pick to direct it. But the DC, I don't I don't know, man. DC is just, it is what it is at this point. I just don't, I don't understand it. It's something we're going to be talking about for the next like 15 minutes because DC, including their television station, their television streaming service, has had some big news that is going to force me to pay for it. But yeah, I don't know. DC is just going to DC, honestly. It is mm-hmm. just... Like that that new Birds of Prey movie just looks so fucking bad, and it, it it's going to be like canon, I guess too. And they have like Black Mask, just looks like a goofball. The guy that's mm. playing uh, Victor Zaz in it just looks like just so stupid. Right. It's, I'm not looking forward to that movie at all. I hope that just stays completely separate from from this Batman, because I really think that this Batman has a lot of potential. Maybe mm. even more so than Ben Affleck's, because it seems like they're they're definitely going the more detective gritty route, mm. which. Uh, as we've talked about, we're both here for. Yeah, and it's like last week we were praising them for the Joker, you know, seemingly being its own thing and them getting back to just making good movies rather than trying to force stuff into crossovers. And then now this week it's like, oh, no, they're still going to do that. Never mind. I take back a good part of what I said last week about, like, thinking they're going in the right direction. 
one of the things I read in this story that does have me hyped out, hyped up, is that apparently the studio likes what they've seen so much so far that they greenlit two other movies to officially make the Batman mm-hmm. movie a, a trilogy, which I think it was officially technically only greenlit for for one movie. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. Rob Pattinson obviously were sold on that, but yeah, another another uh, Justice League movie, great. Yeah, speaking of crossovers, Dylan, in the DC universe. Yes, so this is probably the biggest news we're going to talk about right now, and as a fan of Smallville, it has me particularly excited. So the DC TV streaming service, which is a, I haven't watched any of the shows, I have, do not subscribe because I think DC is a complete fucking mess. I've obviously seen Arrow and Flash before, mm. but par- apparently they're doing a Crisis on Earths, on, Crisis on Infinite Earths mm. TV event, which basically, it's basically like it introduces multiverses for around the DCU. Mm. Well, which I didn't know until this. We're having Kevin Conroy playing a live-action Batman, which is very, very interesting. So, I, I'm i under the assumption because Burt Ward, who was the old Robin in like the 60s TV show, is coming back as an older Robin. <laughs> I'm assuming Kevin Conroy is playing the Adam West Batman from Oh, that, that makes time. sense. Yeah. Now, obviously, since if they're having Burt Ward, I'm assuming maybe that's who Kevin Conroy's playing. Mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy, I guess, could also be playing maybe like the Bruce Wade for a Batman Beyond or something like that, like an older mm. version. I have no idea. Kevin Conroy, all-time voice, for yes. sure. Another shocking thing I heard from this is that Brad, or that I read is that Brandon Routh is coming back as Superman, which, fuck that. That is nuts. <laughs> you didn't, you know, you're not excited about that? No, I hated that movie. I, I hated that movie so much. A lot of so people hated much. that movie, but, uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be playing that Superman. I think... He's going to be playing a different version of Superman, but it's just the same actor because I don't think they have like the rights necessarily to that version of Superman slash yep. maybe people just are sick of him and don't want that ever again. So th- th- those are the first three that are very, very interesting. Obviously, you get you get the people that are in the Arrow, Arrow show, the Flash, the, the, the now Batwoman show, and I think what's whatever the other one, I forget what the other one is, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And then, but now... This is big, big news. Big, 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 big news for me. I so the other one, my... Super Woman, Super Supergirl, Supergirl, Superwoman, Super Super, whatever it is. Yeah. The other huge news, well, the biggest news about this is that Tom Welling and Erica Durance are coming back as Superman and Lois Lane, mm. obviously from Smallville, which is basically it's a top three show for me. It was my favorite show as a kid. I watched it religiously week by week. I bought like all the DVDs when they came mm. out. Uh, Tom Welling, this is huge. Honestly, this is something I didn't know about till today. Uh, it's this is big news, and also apparently Michael Rosebob, who played Lex Luthor in that show, is, is rumored to be coming back for this. Also, to which I say that's the best Lex Luthor of all time. And mm. There's been some bad ones, but <laughs> Michael Rosebob was Lex Luthor. He he mm. he nailed Lex Luthor. It wasn't goofy. He was dark. He was serious. He. he if you haven't seen Smallville, it starts out where him and Clark are friends. Smallville was just such a great alternative timeline for Superman. It was, it was, it was just such a perfect show. Shout out Brian Wilder. I know Brian Wilder likes Smallville. Mm. This is awesome. This is I, I will, per, I will specifically subscribe to DC TV just to be able to see this crossover. So it's because it sounds like nuts. It sounds insane. The fact that right. they're just they're, like Kevin Conroy, Burt Ward, even fucking Brad Routh, even though I hated that Superman movie. Like it's just, and now they're getting Tom Welling back for Superman. Like. Dude, tell me, take my body. Take, yeah, no, take I, I would imagine we're at least going to watch the, if not review it on the show. I have zero interest in like the storyline leading up to it because mm. I haven't watched Arrow or Flash in, in 
three or four years. Right. But I am all in on this. I, 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 what the story is, is irrelevant to me. Just be able to see all these people, especially Todd Welling back on screen Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. That this, this is the content I'm here for. If this is, if this is the one thing DC could get right, then sure. Cause this is, this is awesome. Right. Yeah. And I think it was smart of them to include all these, you know, peripheral players, past actors and actresses, because, you know, the, the need to attract people to their service and what better way to do it than play on some nostalgia while still making like a continuation of something that's already happening on their platform. Titans is, uh, is the other one. Titans. Oh yes. I forgot that with, and then they actually have the guy play George Mormont in game of Thrones who plays Bruce Wayne now in that show. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So a whole lot of content, a whole lot of, the same heroes come together from different universes. It's awesome. It's that's, that's really, really cool. That's something I, I was texting my dad before this mm. shout out dads that we'll be talking <laughs> about later with that Astra. Some good, some not. <laughs> right. Uh, it, this is be my dad's favorite show. So I know, mm. I know he's jazzed up, but especially Michael Rosenbaum gets back in this, that I am, I am all in. I, I really cannot wait for this. Yeah. Should be cool. All right, Brian. So I also know to kind of uh, finish off our news segment, I know there was a little news you wanted to get to, so I will let you take that. Take it away. Yeah. So speaking of uh, attracting customers to streaming services, uh, to Netflix, who, as we know, if you've been paying attention, has been struggling lately. Um, they're losing subscribers. They've had to the increase their price. Um, they're canceling some shows. So instead of taking the, you know, originals route, they decided to pay for the rights to stream Seinfeld exclusively. So that's going to start in 2021. So still two years away. That kind of would make me nervous if I was an investor in Netflix just because um, we don't know what it's going to look in two years. Disney Plus could have killed Netflix in two years. You know, like we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I think I'm going to expand upon this in a fake nerds update. So maybe there can be some synergy between that and this, but, uh, it's really interesting. The streaming war, obviously that's happening right now and how, you know, original content isn't the only thing, you know, the office and friends, both are two of the most popular properties on netflix and those have been over for years and those are going to revert back to nbc and they're going to put out their own streaming things so very interesting lots of different companies coming out with their own streaming services um i don't know how that's going to work necessarily i doubt it's going to work that well um no it's it's bad it's it's very very bad for the consumer i mean do you like have you heard of cbs all access I, 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 yes. Yeah, it's, something it's been I out for ne- years. I, I will never pay for it. Yeah, it's been out for years. It has every episode of every CBS show ever, but it's not like a hit or anything. You had, you had, you had Jordan Peele fucking reboot the Twilight Zone. Oh, right, yeah. Nobody watched it. Right. I watched some of it. Nobody watched it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I don't think it's going to work out for a lot of these companies, honestly. That'll be interesting to watch. It's going to suck for a little while, and then uh, probably like Disney will just buy the rights to every single media property in the entire universe. But speaking uh, of universe... Are you uh, well? For, are you ready to <laughs> release the hounds for, for me to go off on this? On 
streaming on the, stuff? The streaming and yeah, Seinfeld please, and all that. Please do. So first off, first off, Seinfeld's on Hulu right now. So I don't give a fuck about Seinfeld going to Netflix. Right. I do not care. Seinfeld's also on TBS, I think, still. Like every single night. I don't mm-hmm. know if because now it's on Hulu, it's not, but I'm pretty sure it is. So Seinfeld, which is which has been which was basically like the office before the office in terms of just people everybody everybody watched it. It was always just on it was like cable every night when they were doing reruns. Mm-hmm. I really could give two shits that that Seinfeld's going to Netflix. I'm with you. I, I honestly I love The Office. I think the the Office has probably never been bigger than it is right now. I don't yeah. even think The Office is as big back when it was live. Like I really it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Now it's streaming. So, if uh, for the company's point of view, it obviously makes a lot of sense. But uh, like because uh, The Office is out because NBC is doing their own streaming service also, mm-hmm. which is which is. Getting the office, which should be taking it off of Netflix. Yep, getting friends. Mass chaos. It's also taking friends. It's doing a Save by the Bell reboot, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Fucking great. And then they're going to be doing like a few other like shitty TV shows. I'm sure they got Friday Night Lights back on there or oh, whatever. God. Just, so, hopefully just the the existing series. We do not need any more Friday Night Lights. I love Friday Night Lights, but it's, it's over. Please just let it be dead. Oh, that'll probably get rebooted too. Oh, so. oh my God. No, I, I mean, you, I mean, you are right. I, I, I guess I, I, I don't fully buy into that Netflix is really die because I think they, they just had one of the greatest TV, greatest, uh, seasons of TV ever with Mindhunter season two, mm-hmm. which I swear to girl, I swear to God, we'll eventually review on this, <laughs> on this show. Yeah, eventually. Uh, and they, they have uh, Peaky Blinders coming back out, which Peaky Blinders is probably bigger now than it's ever been. Now mm-hmm. that the world's really out, Peaky Blinders is a good show. Right. They tried to get original movies out there. They have the Witcher TV show coming out. Who fucking knows when? Because they keep like they'll, they'll they put out like a like a trailer, they put mm-hmm. out some posters, and they don't even bother announcing when it's gonna come out. My theory is that it, it will be out before twenty nineteen is over. I, my my guess is towards like November ish is when we're gonna get it That'd to yeah. to compete with what's gonna be happening with Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus is the conglomerate here. They're the one that has really all the properties we want. That pretty much all these other streaming services were streaming because Disney didn't have their own streaming service. We're going to be getting all the Marvel movies. We're going to be getting most of the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. We're going to be getting all the original TV shows they're going to be putting out. I think we're getting most of the Disney movies that were in the vault. So obviously Disney Plus is the must get. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much I like The Office. I don't care like how much I like Seinfeld. One thing I can guarantee you, I will never ever subscribe to a TV service just because they have this one show that was on 10 years ago streaming mm-hmm. on it. That's one thing I can guarantee you. Even if it was something like Smallville, I had Hulu when Smallville was on Hulu, which is awesome. I got it to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I'm not subscribing to a TV service just for the sake because they got this property I like ten years ago. And they're trying to make it big again. Like whoever, like if you're gonna get NBC just because you need to watch The Office, like all the power to you. But you're exactly why this is happening right now. Why all this original, unoriginal content is being created. Uh, the movie we'll be reviewing in a little while. I guess we're making the jump between TV shows and movies right now. But mm-hmm. you know. Even with reboots, we're suckers for superhero movies, for comic book movies, for sci-fi movies like Star Wars. We're suckers for that. We're going to go see it. But we get a movie like Ad Astra, which I will be right through raving about shortly, how much I loved it because it was completely original given mm-hmm. it was had some other like movie elements to it from something like Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. But it was great. And then now we're sitting on Rotten Tomatoes and Ad Astra has a 56% audience score, which is outrageous. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That's so disappointing. And it's the same type of people. And it, the movie is divisive. I, there's going to be people that don't like it because it it takes risks. I'm going to save that for the review. Mm. But it's also the same people that are watching 
The Office every single night, which, heads up, Parks and Rec, The Office, I was watching it once a night. Mm-hmm. But it, this this will keep happening. Seinfeld will go to Netflix, and then in 2000, 2030, it's going to go transfer over to Hulu or whatever it will be called at that point. Then NBC will be making an Office reboot, then they'll be getting a reboot. Like, this is... I really think that this is going to be the state Hollywood's going to be in until Hollywood's just done. Like, I think, I think, I really think we're in a constant tailspin of reboots and streaming services getting the most popular shows to, unfortunately for the consumer, unfortunately for people trying to make new original content, it's going to be the biggest sufferer because if I, I how, did you say how much Netflix was paying to get Seinfeld? Like, so, do you know how much no, it was? It's not, there's not a number right now. Like, did they pay like it was over like an absurd amount to be able to get Fred's too? Like it was, it was like a gross amount. Like it was something let me, like if, let me double check the side from. I bet it's like a billion dollars straight up. It, it, like that, that's just fucking crazy to me, dude. Because like Seinfeld's good, but it, it, like that much, and pe- people are gonna watch it now because it's on Netflix, which is crazy. Cause it's been on Hulu for years. It's been on Hulu for so long. It even uh, the Simpsons are on Hulu right now. Well, eventually, I think the Simpsons are going to like its own. I think the Simpsons are going to Disney Plus now. Mm-hmm. Which it's got to really pick up there too. So, I don't know. the The biggest, the biggest victims of all this is the consumer. Although the consumer is going to be suckered into watching all these shows again, and which is great. I mean, it's great in the sense that you know people are talking about The Office again. Uh, the Office is a great show. They're watching it again. Something like Smallville for people that didn't see it back when it was on get to see it on Hulu now and experience it. Mm-hmm. That part of it is good, but the people that are spending shelling out billions of dollars people get these shows and it results in shows like daredevil and something like that getting canceled it's just bullshit and it sucks for us because that's like that's the original content that's it like you if you want if you want the office great because that's all you're gonna be getting what seinfeld super because that's all you're gonna be getting right yeah i mean it's the end of my rant hey I, I appreciate the passion um so is there anything else you want to touch on before we get no. into our review of ad astra I'm good. I'm very ready to get into Ad Astra. All right, then let's do it. Dylan, you're up. Ad Astra, 2019, starring uh, Brad Pitt. Sorry, I, my screen froze. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Dega, Donald Sutherland. We also have Liv Tyler in this movie. For those of you who don't know, astronaut Roy McBrider takes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and the doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. This was written and directed by James Gray. Um, Brian, we saw this last night in IMAX. This is for something I can for sure recommend. This is an IMAX must. Mm-hmm. Uh, most yeah, if you can movies. see it in IMAX, for sure. Yeah, see it in IMAX. For sure. Movie, most space movies like this, like Interstellar, Gravity, they really excel in IMAX. And... I don't think that that's a fault to say that this movie needs to be seen in IMAX because one, it's shot to be in IMAX. Uh, two, it's just, it's seeing this. I'm so glad we saw this in IMAX because it was incredible. This is, I think that this will be the favorite for all the special effects and visual awards that are going to be coming out this award season. It was visually a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's a movie unlike you've ever seen before visually. It is just, it's jaw dropping. I think it's, it's visually a greater achievement than interstellar it's it's just it in terms of special effects and visuals it is flawless some of the shots that we get of him like on mars on the moon mm-hmm. it is it's like nothing you've seen before it's just so well done mm-hmm. the uh the, brad pitt's first off brad the act the acting in this i thought was flawless 
there's a uh, there's a big split on the internet right now of people who both hated Brad Pitt's character and loved Brad Pitt's character. I'm on the side that I love Brad Pitt's character. There's really no debate that Brad Pitt was phenomenal in it. Mm. His character is is complicated. It's a character that we can get into in spoilers where he's facing a lot of conflict towards the middle of the movie. It's, mm. a, it's a movie that deals about father and son's relationship. It deals with solitude. It deals with uh, duty. And overall, it's a sci-fi movie that I really truly wish there's more sci-fi movies like this. Mm. It's not a movie that you're going to get that's like Star Wars where it's it's super fictional. This is probably, I think, of probably the most realistic sci-fi type movie out there recently other than maybe like something like interstellar and even interstellar gets a little wonky at the end but i i loved everything about this i debated on the score i'm going to give it to it but i finally settled on a 93 out of 100 Mm -hmm. i this was one of my top 10 favorite movies of the year for sure it's it's something that's not going to be for everyone uh clearly because we have a 82 percent on on rotten tomatoes for the critic and then a 56 for the audience Right. And although I've been preaching recently that I am more on the audience side, I apparently am falling more on the critic side for our past two movies. Mm. So, yeah, man, 93 out of 100. I fucking loved it. I can't wait to see it again. Mm. It, this is going to be cleaning up come award season. My pal Brian, what what did you think? So I think this, whew, this movie was one of the best movies i've ever seen for my sensibilities um it's exactly what i want it's uh the only thing that i had an issue with was a lot of narration which is a little bit of a you know telling instead of showing which is always like the cardinal sin but even with that there's still a ton of you know world building and showing rather than telling like you know just the, the universe that they're in, they never fully explain, like, okay, we have a base on the moon because this happened. It, this, you know, it's just like, it just is, you know, we're, we're dropped into this movie right where Brad Pitt's character is and we follow his story and we kind of see everything happening around him the same way he does rather than having our hand held, um, which I really appreciated that. Um, I think it's an incredibly bold movie especially you know we'll get into spoilers why i say that but i think it took risks that other movies wouldn't and um i appreciated that i think the best compliment i can give it personally is like when the movie started it's like a really long movie right so nearly three hours when it started i was thinking that ashra uh yeah isn't it almost three hours no, my friend. No? Only two hours. Oh, it's only two hours. All right, yes. well, re- regardless, right when it started, oh. and I was like, oh, man, I really need to, like, get some water or something. I'm super thirsty. And then it, like, started, and I was just completely enthralled by it to where I never, like, thought about how thirsty I was for the rest of it, which I think is as high as a compliment as you can give to, like, a movie when it can capture your attention and I guess play with your sense of time as it did with me. Um, so for me, I, it's definitely one of these movies that I, I would like, I just want to keep watching it forever. I just want to f- like follow this world and like learn more about it forever. It's one of the more realistic 
space travel movies and i think that should be commended because you know it's really easy to kind of just go into the like oh sci-fi and science is magic territory and for me it felt like yeah there were some things that were different that you know they've obviously made scientific breakthroughs in this universe that we haven't uh, allowing like deep space travel that isn't going to take you know 50 years to get to certain planets or whatnot but you know it it felt real the emotions felt real and the ending and everything felt earned so for me i'm giving this a 98 out of 100 oh buddy you yeah. like this movie so much that you got on the zero to 100 scale yeah i like it i, I like i it. love this movie I love uh it. yeah i mean you said it the one thing i i i, I can certainly give this movie credit for that i noticed right away is that immediately when this movie starts it tells you what the story is it tells mm. you the universe you're in given we didn't get a full background to how everything happened but they do a great uh, they do a great job explaining like he starts out uh, i'm sure you've seen in the trailers he's on like this giant i usually call it a space elevator but they call it like a space antenna or like a, a, the, the long antenna it's basically mm. this long structure that is in space that leads all the way back down to the ground uh he's uh, an astronaut he's he kind of explains his life story through the narration and which I do think that we saw that this was compared basically it was the space version of apocalypse now, which mm. it, it was a hundred percent accurate. Very much. Yeah. Obviously it, the story takes a few different turns, but it's basically, it's a, it's a guy trying to get from point A to point B and just a bunch of random shit happens in between. And this just happens to be in space. So mm. shout out Scott, Scott Wampler on, on Twitter called it the space apocalypse now. And that's like the most accurate description. I feel like I, I can give it. And it's right. like, honestly, it's honestly the utmost compliment to it too. Mm. Uh, it's funny that you said you thought it was three hours. I was going to give an argument that it was two hours, but I thought it was paced so incredibly well that it didn't feel like two hours, right. which is, which is, I guess the un unpopular opinion compared to what's going on in the internet right now, because the biggest complaint is that people would say that it, it seemed like it was dragged out, especially in the third act, which I, I heavily disagree. But I guess, like I said, this movie isn't going to be for everyone. Mm. Um, for a lot of people, they said that it fell off about halfway through when he gets to a particular planet, which I also disagreed with. But yeah, this movie, it's, it's a movie that I, I think that Brad Pitt will be nominated for best actor for this, not for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. It's real, real tough. I, I mean, I, I personally think that he's given, and it could just be recency bias, but I think that he's given his two best performances of his career mm. within like a span of two months. Yeah, which, is is Brad Pitt the best actor in Hollywood straight up? Uh, no, I'm probably no. still giving that to Christian Bale or Leo, okay. honestly. But I mean, he's he's up there uh, for sure. Like 100%, he's up there. He's mm. probably he's top five top ten without a doubt right i'm still probably giving christian bale and leo that edge because i think christian bale just has the ability to transform into literally any character he wants to and it, he pulls it off right it's it's insane he, like the same guy that played batman played fucking dick cheney <laughs> right that's just like that's just like a crazy thing to to grasp and mm. then leo is obviously leo leo to me is my all-time favorite actor so i he gets the benefit of the doubt there but Brad Pitt was um, was unbelievable in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was basically flawless there, but mm -hmm. I I just think that the character he plays in this is, is so complicated. I just thought he did such such a great job. And there's one particular scene that I'm I'm going to go into in spoilers, 
that I thought that uh, is going to be the scene if he wins the Oscar. It's going to be that for that scene. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Lee Jones too for for the very short time he was in this movie, he mm-hmm. he he made every minute worth it. Like he was, it's it's good to see Tommy Lee Jones. I think I I think the last movie I saw him in was was um, No Country for Old Men, maybe. Mm-hmm. At least that I, at least that I saw, was no country. Yeah. Oh, Captain so. America, First Avenger. Oh, yep, Captain America. Yep, good call. Yeah. Forgot all about that. But uh, that was a long time ago, dude. That was like 2011. Yep. So. And then once, no country for old men was like 2008 yeah. or 2007, I think. Um, yeah, this is it, it's uh, as we discussed. Apparently, it's not for everyone. But I'm really glad to hear that you said that you, that you loved it because mm-hmm. it, you you're saying all the same reasons I did. It was visually stunning. The story itself was was I thought really well put together and well paced. Mm-hmm. The universe they put us in. I really want to just go back to this universe. Yeah, me honestly. too. It, which I don't think, unfortunately, we ever will be. But yeah. if James Gray ever does like another space movie, I'm like I'm totally in for it because mm-hmm. the 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 world building that they set up here in terms of just how everything was. Like we get to the moon. It's basically like this city on the moon. Um, there's certain something going on in Mars. Mm-hmm. It was just I I was here for it. It was it was the type of sci-fi that I probably appreciate the most, which is like a grounded, gritty, sort of realistic sci-fi. Yeah, no, I, I loved agree. it. I, I I really hope that this cleans up during the Oscars. I think for sure it'll be cleaning up visually and, and mm. for special effects. Right. Uh, I guess we'll see how it does for for acting nominations or directing nominations. But this is. This is a achievement. This is this is one of the more artistically brilliant movies of this year. Mm-hmm. This Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, you know, these are the type of movies that we just talked about with original content. With I don't know if this was a book or anything like that before. I don't really care, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously the MCU, the the, the DCU, the, the the Lion King, all that shit. It already has like its own grounded following. People go to see that anyway, but people really should go see this. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or not is 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 totally up to you. But it's a movie that that deserves to be seen. If you'd see it at IMAX, see it. But it's a movie that deserves to be seen. It deserves to be judged based on like people actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just honestly disappointed with the turnout uh, at the theater that we were at last night. Like when we I got think- in there, I was like, oh, it's only that many people. I don't know if that's normal for that theater, honestly. But so I mean, there were there was like there was more people for this than there was for Aquaman because we oh, the wow. only reason I'm hearing this because it was at the same theater mm. um, same night so yeah so no I think I think there was a decent turnout mm. for this but I, I agree there's not going to be a whole there's only 5,000 reviews that I've done right now but mm. we'll also see we also saw it on Thursday night so there's, we'll see how it does this weekend yeah. it currently has a 7.3 at IMDb has an 82 critic score at Rotten Tomatoes so it's officially certified fresh mm-hmm and it has a 56 audience score, which, which I mean, I heavily disagree with, but I guess it doesn't totally surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I wouldn't really call this movie a slow burn, because I don't think a slow burn is accurate, because I feel like it really just takes off right away. Mm-hmm. I guess just like, they don't try to like speed through anything, which is no. probably what I liked about it. Like they had a story, they told it. Mm-hmm. I mean, given. The, the total span of this movie probably takes place in about, I don't know, uh, almost a half a year, mm-hmm. maybe, in terms of, like, days that go by. Right. Maybe even a little bit more. So, like, I thought they did a really good job balancing that out and explaining, like, what was going on. There's obviously, this has to be, they said it was only in the near future, but this is obviously an alternative type of universe where mm-hmm. we 
definitely uh definitely invested some, in space travel yeah past the 60s where, where somebody is president that actually gives a shit about science and technology right. and space travel and doesn't want to make a goofy ass space force okay. although this was pretty much space force there so, yeah like, there there was a space force. it wasn't asked for it was like yeah. the united states space command yeah um they do, also they do like just back into like the world building part like the whole thing, how they explain, and I don't really think this is a spoiler, so I'll just say how there's, there's, you know, there's pirates on the moon. There's mm. different sections on the moon that have been, that have been, basically, what I assume, what I, what I gathered was it was fought for, mm-hmm. basically, to for people to get certain sections of the moon. Like there was yeah. a war. Right. Yeah, it says it's a spoiler, but there's it says there's an active war zone. Correct. So that's it interesting. Like a, it was like a no man's land, and I just yeah. thought that was it. Just it was so interesting and just worked so well. It was, and the, the more now that I'm like now was, I've had about a, a day to let this movie sit because mm. uh, this time yesterday we were in the theater and it was actually pretty much just starting. But right I'm, now that we're talking about it, I actually I'd love this movie even more. I actually I, at first I thought about giving this like an 89, but mm. I'm really comfortable with the 93, and, and you giving a 98 is just yeah. I mean. Well, I'm also I, mad because I really like space uh, exploration no, I mean, movies. No. So, I never thought I'd see one that I liked more than Interstellar, but I do like this one more than Interstellar. Not that Dude, Interstellar I mean, is bad in any way, of course. I'm like, this is tough for me. I like this is because Interstellar was one of my, like this is. I don't know what my all time like favorite grounded space movie is. Even though mm. I think that this this gives Interstellar a run for its money for sure. Mm. Yeah, man. I and honestly, I can't wait to get into spoilers. Um, so, I'm all set for that. If you if you are as well. Yes, I'm good. Shut up, Brian Wong. I found out that he does stick around for the for the non spoiler editions of this. So, oh, Brian, thank you, Brian. Doing some dishes. Um, I'm sorry thanks, that we agreed so heavily again. And we gotta we gotta give a shout out to 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 Scott also, our, yes. our coworker Scott, who um, was very excited to come to the movies with the Wicked Good Show crew. Mm. And uh, I, I kind of figured we'd give him a shout out here because uh, we always bust his balls that Brian Wong is a shout out and he doesn't. So shout out, Scott. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate you listening. And it was a fun time going to see the movie. I'm yes. sure first of many. Um, yeah, buddy. All right. So 93 from me and 98 from you. Definitely go see it. And if you can go see it, see it in IMAX for mm. sure. I think you have about two weeks until the next movie comes out in IMAX, which I think might actually be Joker. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, that's uh, interesting. All right. But, all right, Ben, let's get into spoilers. There right. are, for sure, a lot of things that we are able to discuss. Yeah, so everything after this is going to be spoilers. So if you'd like to turn it off, we, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. All right, ready? Three, two, one. So uh, there's obviously, like... <laughs> There's obviously some scenes that are a little, pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll start with the immediate one, which is probably the one that people are gonna love or hate, or it's gonna be the scene that turns them off in the movie, and that's the uh, that's the space monkey scene. Oh man, that was insane. Which, that was scary. Which is one of the more unexpected scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. It literally came out of nowhere, and it's pretty much what gives this movie a, conspar- a comparison of Apocalypse Now, where if you've seen Apocalypse Now. It's about a guy who's in charge. Who gets? It's in Vietnam. He's, he's uh, given a task of, of going deep into Vietnam. And he actually, I think he goes into Cambodia mm. to go, or sorry, Cambodia or Thailand. I don't remember to go track down a rogue general and kill him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And basically, a majority of the movie, it's about a three-hour-long movie, a majority of the movie is all the shit that he gets into in between point A and point B. And this is really a very similar structure for that because mm-hmm. it, it's it's and then even the narration because uh, in apocalypse now it's uh, martin sheen uh narrating himself and and all that and mm-hmm. uh buddy the apocalypse now scene of this is obviously when they he he's tasked with getting on um a a space flight from the dark side of the moon to get to mars mm-hmm on a top secret mission and then as they're out there they discover that there's this stranded ship that is calling for a mayday signal brad pitt and the captain of, of the ship go in there uh, they discover the crew is dead and then they also discover that there are just these monkeys without helmets on they never explain why these monkeys are able to breathe well the space. the space system is is sealed they just oh, had the, yeah, their yeah, suits cause, on. Because that happened several times in that movie. You're right. right. You're now in hindsight, yes, you're correct. And he he could have took his helmet off if he wanted to. Right, yes. right. Um, yeah, just these fucking wild monkeys just killed all this crew mm-hmm. and then killed the captain of the ship, which it was bright. It, it was I I didn't know. I guess I didn't know what I was expecting with that, but it was just so out of fucking left field. Yeah. So like right before. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is a, was it a Swedish uh, mission, Norwegian mission to study the effects on animals and humans. And you're like, okay, whatever. That's just a throwaway line. Like, it doesn't matter. But, oh, it mattered. So they were experimenting on these animals and they got out and they killed everybody. Uh, it was, yeah, dude, it was I was a little surprised. This movie was only rated PG-13, which actually really surprised me. I thought this for sure was R, because that was a brutal scene. Didn't his nose, like, float off? The guy gets his whole fucking face ripped off. Yeah. Um, he gets his fingers all chewed off. The monkey, like, broke through his helmet. It was it was a gory scene, but mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. It was just yeah. so unexpected. It was just so random. It was it, it was I, I it worked for me and it's the scene that apparently is getting a lot of people that, like shaking their heads like what the fuck am I watching? I'm on the opposite ar- end of that argument. I mean, I thought this was it was so random, but it was also just it was great. Mm-hmm. I think it was, the best thing about this movie is this is one of the few movies that's like not afraid to take the stance of like oh humans are alone in the universe. You know, yeah, like I, mean, so, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that. I mean, so that was like really, that was really like, there was two like huge twists in this movie. There was one that, you know, his dad basically killed all the people on his crew because they were like, "There's nothing out here. We're going home. There's no right. reason for us to be out here." And then the other twist is the very ending, which is, I think I feel like a lot of some people could miss too. Is that they confirm that we are alone in the universe, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the. And I'm and kind of what you said. The one thing that I really give this movie credit for, and I give I give the director uh, James Gray credit for, is that it took a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of risk to, to make sure that it wasn't being just another sci-fi movie. Yeah. And it's both the thing that really worked for us. That's also really not working for other people. But he took risks. Uh, the whole thing where he didn't bite down to the cliche. I thought for sure it was going to happen when he finally, when Brett Pitt finally goes and finds his dad and he gets to Neptune. And when they're out in space, I thought for sure there was going to be an alien or they were going to see like sign of life or something like that. And he's going to kind of like wake his dad up. And I, I guess I'm so glad they didn't do that because mm. I 
think maybe it might have actually took away from it. Oh, and yeah. I was actually kind of getting nervous in my seat that that was the route that they were going to take. Mm. That when they were out there fighting, and he was basically like, hey, and his dad's a huge asshole. We can get into that after this. <laughs> That's but an understatement. <laughs> I really thought that they were going to go the route like, oh, here are these aliens. Mm. And I'm really, really, really glad he didn't. Yeah, I'm really glad that, that he stayed away from that. Like I said, he took the risk to just not include that at all. And then like, it wasn't pivotal, pivotal to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, it just adds a little more, like it adds a little more salt into the wound for Brad Pitt and his character uh, mm-hmm. of Roy. Cause obviously in the scene before that, when he finally goes 80 days across the universe by himself, after basically being forced to kill a crew that he really had no intention of killing, but he was mm-hmm. forced to, to be able to get on this ship to go, to go find his dad uh, his dad basically tells him that he never loved him. He never gave a fuck about him or his mother mm. and that he never had any intention of going home. And that, that was like a super, that was, just, that was heartbreaking. Like, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was really tough to listen to, you know, uh, as someone whose relationship with their dad was never really perfect. Mm. That was, that was a really tough scene. It was, it was honestly heartbreaking. And I thought Brad, Brad Pitt did such a great job. Where, and I love the part where he tells him, you know, I never, I never, loves you i never really wanted to return home and brad pitt goes like i know yeah i know you i know you." and that was it was great because like i said the the backbone of this whole movie is is, it's a father and son story and it's a story about a son like basically trying to find his father and have his father back in his life Mm -hmm. and kind of like the other like small minor twists is that his father you know didn't give a fuck about him like he never really intended to ever go back home and that was I thought it was a really well done scene by Brad's Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm. I thought it was a really great scene to write in there because they could have really took the happy route, which I really thought that they kind of made this movie a little too happy at the end. Uh, But yeah, um, they didn't take the happy route with it. There was, this was like this great father son reunion scene. Mm. It was more of like, this is the exact opposite. This is a father and son officially going apart. And, Mm. It kind of also probably a testament to Brad Pitt's character too, Roy. Um, you know, Roy was so dedicated to his mission. I think he had every intention of coming out to, to get to his dad to complete his mission. Yeah. And it was all part of that bullshit of, and I thought this was one of the more brilliant parts about this movie too. The whole his whole, um, his uh, mental, his mental evaluation test that he took throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously knew when he first took it at the beginning that eventually when he kept taking it, he was eventually going to fail one. That was going to be like a big part of the movie. Right. And obviously it was, and I, I, it just, it just works so well that, that, that the, the final act of the movie, which a lot of people were saying where the, was where the, where the movie fell apart. I kind of heavily disagree. That whole shot of Neptune of them out in space with Neptune mm-hmm. was, was gorgeous. The fucking seed of him, propelling himself back through the like the asteroid field the little rock shatter field mm-hmm. to get back to the ship with the the door in front of him right the paneling was was excellent it was the same thing that added into imax this was just such a gorgeous movie to see at imax mm-hmm. and uh that that fi- that final act really like i it, it maybe might've been like the highlight of the movie for me in terms of storytelling wise, storytelling wise, just like the, all, everything that was thrown at you at once there between you finding out that his dad never gave a fuck about him. Mm. Um, finding out that his dad basically killed everybody on the board, that ship murdered them all. Now you found out that Brad Pitt really wasn't there just to save his dad. He was there to complete his mission to blow that fucker up. Mm. Uh, and, uh, he also, he didn't take the route too where he kills his dad. He, you know, he was, 
he loved his dad so much, even though he knew his dad didn't give a fuck about him, that he wasn't there to kill him. He was there to, you know, take him back, regardless if he was going to go to jail or whatever or not. He was there to take him back. And, right. Uh, I loved it. That, that final act was just was great to me. Yeah. No, I agree. I think also one of the interesting things about this is it's a movie about the society that's really embraced science, but there's still like an undertone of religion. Yeah. Um, specifically, you know, his father talks about, you know, feeling like God is with him on his yep. mission. When the captain dies, they all say a prayer before sending his body out. Um, kind of, you know, similar to like people on a ship at sea, you know, back in the yep. day. And then, um, the idea that like humans are the only intelligent life is a very like biblical take, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's interesting. I've never seen a movie that has a balance of science and religious themes like that, you know, where it's, it doesn't like say outright, yeah, the religious text is true and it leaves like everything in terms of science, like on the table as well. It's, it's very similar to real life where it's like, there's no a hundred percent concrete answers on anything like that, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, agreed. You know, it's like, kind of back to like how we talked about just how grounded this movie is. Is that mm-hmm. obviously religion is very much still a real part of what's going on here, and and most other movies uh, similar to this, I guess you really don't have the religion aspect because mm-hmm. or it's heavy-handed s- and clumsy. Science science trumps it mm. because like any logical person will say that like the science trumps religion if you're mm. logical and i would have to agree but yeah his dad out in space basically saying that he was he was closer to god and all that which is also why this is an alternative timeline because mm. his dad was very clearly born in like the 40s or 50s right which would make brad pitt born probably a, roughly any time between like the 70s and early 90s mm. uh, depending on how long his dad got it got it on right um so, I mean, you could also look at this as this Brad, Brad Pitt's character was basically, is basically the same age as us mm-hmm. that we, we were born in the future, which kind of added a cool element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the religion aspect for sure was there. I guess I really don't think that Brad Pitt's character himself was religious. No, no. Uh, it was just more the theming in the background than than actual like. It, it, added, it added a very real element of realism, mm-hmm. which like, like like I've said several times, grounded this movie, and it it, it really worked. Mm. Uh, the other the the uh, one other scene that really stuck out to me was obviously them on the moon. We see that there's basically like this moon city. Yeah, uh, there's a fucking Applebee's. Yeah, there's Subway, uh, the, Dunkin' Donuts. Just just like a DHQ. It's so ridiculous. It's, yeah, but it's so, but it's also at the same time it's like it's so realistic that you could like imagine it being like that. Yeah, it's like a modern airport, but it's a spaceport. It's cool. They established that it only took like several hours to get to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it only took I think it was like nineteen days to get to uh, Mars, Mars, and then it was yeah. and then it was seventy nine days to get to um, Neptune from Mars. Mm-hmm. So they've clearly figured out some sort of of light speed travel. Yeah in this universe which they didn't they didn't go into but i guess they really didn't have to they discovered what was it anti antimatter yeah they called it mm-hmm. which was the which was what started creating all the all the uh the, the power surges yeah. and all that which they also didn't fully explain how that was happening like i guess they didn't was that his dad doing that to try to reach out to aliens he said that 
it when the last few members of his crew tried to escape some it like damaged the ship in a way okay. that was making yep. the antimatter like cause the surges and that those are shooting out toward earth yep and mars obviously um so that you know it wasn't intentional it just happened yep but he also killed those three i'm pretty yep. sure those are the three that brad pitt sees right at the yep beginning when he gets in there um two which were the uh, the girl's parents the girl that he met on mars mm. um yeah, so also the movie, we find out there's like pirates, there's like warring nations on there, and then there's like this no man land territory that is basically like anybody that goes out there can be killed. They you hear on the ship that they advise the tra- the travelers to the moon not to go out there mm. because you know anything could happen, they can't be protected. And then sure enough, they get out there as we saw in the trailers, uh, and then the pirates catch up to them and they're they're fighting them. Uh, the guy that Brad Pitt was talking to before, the defendant has family gets get shot. Mm. Um, we get to see some of Brad Pitt's uh, combat experience there. We also see Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland's character as a whole, I don't really understand what his purpose in this movie was, mm-hmm. having like an actor of that magnitude in here, because he was in here for about 20 minutes, and he basically has like a health condition. He's like, oh, I can't go on. I'm yeah. Like, All right. Like, he could have just gave him uh, the, the little chip thing mm-hmm. at the beginning because he knew that he had these health these health conditions. And I thought it was going to be something that was going to play out where, like, towards the end of the movie, he, like, just dies. He has, like, a heart attack and dies or something like that. Right. Um, but that, that scene was awesome. They finally get up to the dark side of the moon, which was visually just stunning. That was one of the first times I, my jaw really dropped. And they just launched, like, these air this airstrike on, um, yeah. on the pirates. I love the, like, no sound explosion. That was yep. the best. Agreed. And then uh, that obviously leads us into the whole, the him getting on the ship with the guys that eventually find like, the space monkey ship. Mm. Uh, Mar- when we finally get to Mars, I thought the shots on Mars, this is where it got very like 2001 mm. Space Odyssey-esque, where the shots of him like in the hallway with the lights differing. Uh, a lot of this movie too, I would say, is a, is a very fresh ballads of Apocalypse Now uh, 2001 and uh, Blade Runner in terms of like a lot of the lights, a lot of the sounds, mm. a lot of the shots. Like the one of the shot of him in the hallway with like the red lighting going up and down that we saw in the trailer was mm. excellent. Um, the shots on Mars were flawless. Him like going through like that like underground little like well reservoir thing to get to the ship was 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 incredible. Him yeah. getting up the ship was great, but Mar the Mars seeds. A lot of people say that this is where the movie started to slow down for them. Disagree. The bar scenes are great. Mm-hmm. But this actually led into the scene that I was saying earlier that I thought that this is going to be the scene that if Brad Pitt wins the Academy Award, it's going to be for this scene. And that's the scene where, you know, he's, he's making the, the written statement. Mm-hmm. He's reading it out loud to his dad. And then he finally, he finally, you know, goes off script and pours his heart out. Yeah. And I thought it was just so well done. You can see that Brad Pitt's character was being emotional while still holding back emotion because he's kind of like a sort of a robot at mm. this point. Like the way that he's constructed his heartbeat, like never went above 80 BPMs or whatever they said earlier in the movie. Mm. Um, even in combat when he's falling off like this fucking space tower back down the earth, his right. heartbeat never rises above that. Yeah. I think and it this... implied he was the only one who was able to keep it together and survive that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought this was this was uh, this is the Academy Award winning scene if he wins. This is the mm-hmm. scene that we'll see that we'll see at the Oscars when they're playing his uh, his nomination reel. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, it was very powerful to me. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say I teared up, but it was, it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I really like, I thought to myself, like, this is Brad Pitt. This is, you know, this is one of the best actors in Hollywood. And this yeah. is, this is the shit they do. And it was, it was just, it was great. It was, it really just adds into just, this movie is just so fucking good. And it's, I really, I, it, going through like Rotten Tomatoes at IDB, I really, I don't think that this movie is going to get the, the praise, the, the, the universal praise, I guess, that it deserves. I think mm-hmm. that this will get, I think this will get the critical clay, uh, praise and like the, the all the nominations and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that, as uh, the, the population will will agree with with the rest of it. Yeah, I do think um, it doesn't have like a ton of action. It doesn't have like a story that's moving a million miles per minute. So I guess that probably dissuades more, you know popcorn flick casual audiences from really being into it yep but hey i mean i'm not gonna hate on people if they don't like it if they don't like it it's just not their cup of tea and that's fine but for me loved it loved every second of it i guess the really only weakest part to me was the ending uh i thought it was a little too a little too happy Mm. of a happy ending because you know he did end up killing though he did end up defying orders and killing the astronauts on that ship. Yeah, killed three people. And, that was and it seemed and it seems like he really technically he killed two because the other lady smashed her face into mm, it. Right. Um. He technically killed one. I guess he mm. technically technically he didn't kill any of them. No, the, their actions led to their deaths, but also his presence led to their. So deaths. I guess so. Now now that I'm saying it in hindsight, technically he didn't kill any of them. Mm. So that's interesting. But yeah, so he gets back to Earth, obviously. Um, he gets saved from the ship. And he get, he gets he eventually gets back to, with Liv Tyler, which kind of his character came full circle where we saw him explaining at the beginning of the movie that, you know, he, he was married once, didn't have any kids, you know, because they were kind of going to be victims to this job and his mm-hmm. dedication to it. And I think he had the realization through his dad that, you know, his dad dedicated his life to his job. He didn't have a family, mm-hmm. you know his dad had every reason to want to go back to earth and he didn't. Right. And I think Brad Pitt kind of realized that where like, he had no reason to want to go back to earth, mm. but he still wanted to, cause he thought he had a life. And right. that, you know, that's the final scene we get is of, um, of him and Liv Tyler together in the coffee shop. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was a little too happy for me, but it was still, it didn't take away from the movie. It worked. Mm. Brad Pitt, same thing. Just, just so fucking good. Yeah. I was talking to Alex, obviously on the way home from the movie last night. Uh, cause Alex from everything went with us as well. And he was like, yeah, um, that cause he's a chemistry, you know, he's getting his PhD in chemistry and he's like, yeah, um, that scene where a gas like that, um, f- blew up in a contained thing. That's pretty much exactly what would happen. People would suffocate pretty much immediately. So, you know, if nothing else, that, that death scene was very accurate. accurate and pretty fucked up. Not as fucked up as the captain's death, obviously. Well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't fully realize that that's exactly what happened until you just told me. I thought it was because the airlock wasn't sealed, so that is... Uh, that yeah, no, the gas canister, I think yeah. I, I think it was nitrogen, but he said it could be a lot of different things. No, I know I know the, yeah. the exact scene you're talking about, but the yeah. guy shot it, didn't, didn't yeah. he shoot it? Yeah, he shot it, and then he's like, you need oxygen, you need oxygen, and neither of them got oxygen before they died. And uh, yeah, that and he survived because he had his space helmet on. Finding this out makes me love it even more. Yeah, it's so good, and I think it'll be worth like going back and seeing because there's certainly a bunch of stuff that you know. Can Agreed. Be nice. I, I think I could I could see myself going to see this on a Tuesday night at AMC with the mm-hmm. A list again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
yeah, is there anything else you wanna you wanna touch on for this one? No, I'm good. At Astra, um, well, I, well, like I said, we'll be talking about this when we do uh, award season. We'll be mm-hmm. talking about this when we review our, our favorite movies from 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it was great. I'm 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 just I'm kind of blown away, which is how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different from from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I like I guess I expected that from something like Tarantino. Yes, it's different from something like Egg Game because you know there was they were gonna do so much to please the audience, and you knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> But with this, it was just—I'm not gonna call it a surprise. It's like it's not like ready or not. Where like I was surprised that it was a decent movie. I guess I'm just surprised of just how well it was done, mm-hmm. and just how much care James Gray put into, you know, writing it, directing it. Um, let me let me find out who the cinematographer was before we close out because they deserve a shout out also because the cinematographer uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema—that <laughs> sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> Hoyt Van Ho- Hoytema was the cinematographer for this movie and um he deserves some shout out too he's also the cinematographer on dunkirk interstellar and her holy shit mm-hmm. so he actually has a background to it uh interstellar and her are one of the best um looking movies i feel like i've seen in a while in terms of um some of the shots that would go into uh qualify for cinematography so shout out this fucking dude interstellar mm-hmm. and her holy shit dunkirk is beautiful too but interstellar and her very very beautiful movies. Yeah. Um, this boy's up there with my guy uh, Roger Deakins, mm-hmm. who does, does is does like all the big bangers. I can't even name him right now, but he does like um, he, he's doing the new Dune. He did Sicario. Mm-hmm. What was the? I forget the big one he did a few years ago. Oh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, that movie's maybe, incredible. Maybe the most beautiful movie you can see in a movie theater. I'll forever fucking hate myself that I didn't go see that in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so so shout out Hoyt Van Hoyten, Hoytenmas or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit here too. But yeah, James Gray. I, I uh, James Gray is now Clive out there. One of my favorite directors solely because of this movie. Because yeah. I just appreciate what one to did. watch for sure. Correct. Yeah. Um, no, that buddy. That's that's all I got. Yeah, and I'll say for me, uh, Brad Pitt is amazing. Going from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a character who just oozed charisma to like the least charismatic character that ever has been written but he still managed to make that character interesting just so impressive i really like this movie obviously if you listen this far you've already seen it uh we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below um obviously subscribe to the channel help us get over 100 subscribers so we can get a custom url uh check out other episodes of this show as well as better radio the upcoming sunnydale review which we finally got some a logo out for that so you can find that on twitter you can follow the channel on twitter at wg everything on instagram on we could get everything of course twitch twitch.tv slash we get everything and youtube youtube.com slash we get everything dylan where can they find you uh dj cleverlang on twitter with two b's i do want to shout out that um some of wicked good shows upcoming projects we are going to be mm-hmm. obviously doing the joker um, we're hoping to eventually review um uh mine hunter mm. as well as the boys uh, as we've discussed previously we're going to be doing a night of recap for shows like the mandalorian yes uh, we've talked about rick and morty we we believe we're going to be doing Watchmen as well which is going to be interesting mm. so definitely keep a lookout for those i think that's going to be pretty big for us it's gonna be a lot of fun yep. and hey buddy any, any more i get to talk to you about movies and tv i i really appreciate it yeah I'm absolutely it. man it's always always fun and i hope that uh, people enjoy listening because we have a lot of fun doing it.
Agreed. Oh, and you can follow me on Twitter at the fake BMR, this B M A R R, if you want. Um, I'll mostly just be complaining about how awful the Dolphins are. Yes. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy, Dylan. It's a rough one. Fortunately, fortunately <laughs> Antonio Brown's only game on the Patriots was against the Dolphins. Oh, of course it was. Of course it was. So. Why wouldn't it have been? All right, yes. guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, have a great rest of your day. See you guys. Love you.